Hey guys, it's Mike, aka Go Guy Go, and I am back again with another podcast. It's been a, a long time, a little overdue, but I have a, a great friend of the podcast here with me today. I've got Ryan. You guys know him as Slickburn, and today we are going to be reviewing the NFC South. So, Ryan, how you doing tonight? I'm doing great, Mike. What's up, guys? All right. So the plan tonight is we are going to review the nfc south so for those that don't know that's the saints bucks panthers and falcons and we're going to look at it from both a fantasy relevance and from a real world football perspective so real quick do you remember the standings by chance off the top of your head uh yeah i mean we're following some nice podcast notes so i can cheat but uh (laughs) I know the Saints took the division just by a yep. game over the Bucks. Um, Panthers and Falcons were way, way ahead in, in last place there. So uh, definitely a, a haves and have-nots sort of division. Do you think it hurts more being the winners of the division, the Saints, losing and watching the Buccaneers go on uh, to win the Super Bowl? Uh, I don't know. You know, there is something to be said about the underdog role and how teams like kind of embrace that if they're not like getting the respect. And if you are like elevated, you know, you're just, it's more motivating to play, uh, to prove the doubters wrong than to prove the people right. I think so maybe, maybe it, it was a sad game to watch at the end when Drew Brees knew it was over. And he's yeah. just like, this is it. Like I, like, I am done. And been a big fan of his throughout his career, watching him humshuck that ball across the field. Uh, great, great career. He's going to be a Hall of Fame quarterback, without a doubt. Just amazing. So kind of sad in that sense. But on the flip side, I kind of love the story of, as much as people hate, hate the guy, him watching the GOAT come back, switch teams, build a, a roster that was already in, in good shape, but then take them so far. and Just that defense. And then, oh, I loved it. It was frustrating and I hated it, but I loved it so much too. It was just, it was. I really didn't see it coming. I didn't think they were going to win the Super Bowl. I mean, you they didn't? had to put it. No, I, I didn't. I mean, I was rooting for them the whole time, but I, uh. I don't want to go off on Brady platitudes the whole time, but you no, know, I, I, <laughs> I, I just didn't, I thought they were, you know, win a game or two, but not, not go all the way. For me, it was, if you remove Brady from the picture, I think the team was in contention for a playoff spot. Uh, maybe not such a long shot of, of reaching the Super Bowl, even if James Winston was still there. The, the offense for me is a high powered offense and the fault, for it was always Winston turnovers and the defense was it was it was coming together as we saw like to me it was the defense that that won that Super Bowl it shut down Patrick Mahomes and his offense and just allowed Brady to do what Brady does and just manage the game control the flow and there was no chance for anyone to come back I never really thought about actually Winston you mentioned him watching <laughs> from the New Orleans sidelines uh, yeah. at his former team. Team, yep. <laughs> Going all the like, way. You were one quarterback away from winning the Super Bowl. 
<laughs> yeah, right. In the back of your mind, that's that's got to play. Like that's got to eat at you. It's got to it's got to do something because, man, like you were on the team, you were right there. <laughs> they cut you. Like get out of here. And they bring in somebody else, and boom, Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, all right. Anyway, so just a quick recap: the division winners were the Saints, twelve and four. The Bucks were eleven and five. Panthers five and eleven. Falcons four and twelve. What's your prediction for twenty twenty one? It's pretty easy. I'm not gonna go like too off script here, but the Bucks would take it. Um, but I don't see the Saints having you know uh, like nine like nine wins. I would think it'd be their their highest, you know, they gotta they gotta lose some games with with right. Breeze out. They can't get to twelve again. And the Panthers uh, improving a little, um, but I don't know. The Falcons are are kind of funny. I, I don't I don't know if they're really gonna improve that much. Um, they're they're in a weird, you know. We'll get to them, but they're in a weird like kind of rebuild. But yet they still have their quarterback and everything. So I don't. I think they'll stay pretty pretty much the same at the bottom of the conference. Okay, so you went Bucks, Saints, Panthers, and Falcons. Yep. Okay, I, I went the exact same. I think the way the teams have currently been restructured, uh, the Bucks in the, this case have not restructured. They've pretty much stayed the same. Uh, I think they win that division uh, and quite easily now that everyone's been around for uh, for a second season. The Saints with the turnover of QB with the most important position in football. Um, yeah, I think they still are contenders because they have a decent squad, both offense and defense. Uh, for me, though, they might battle the Panthers for that second spot. I think the Panthers, if Sam, if Sam Darnold, which I guess we'll get into, if uh, if he really pours it on and turns around and um, overcomes some some curses, he might uh, he might actually make him a chance. But I think the Falcons stay in the bottom. I don't think they're contenders to get out. Yep, that's that's true. Um... You know, I, I don't have a lot of hope for the, the Panthers. I think it's I, – I would bet a lot, you know, if there was, like, some sort of – you can pick all four teams that uh, it would be Bucks, Saints, Panthers, Falcons. Yeah, I think that's where it goes. Hmm. All right, well, let's, uh, let's jump into reviewing the New Orleans Saints. They went 12-4, and four, and they had a massive change at QB, and now there is a massive question mark. Taysom Hill, James Winston. Who's the QB that you would like to see run this team? Where do you want it to go? Yeah, well, I, I I love starting on this topic because I'm I'm pretty passionate about this one here because I think you'd have to be crazy to put James Winston in charge of your team. It doesn't make any sense at all. I don't know why this is a controversy. Um, so I'm not predicting what's going to happen per se, but it doesn't make any sense to me that Winston is in the conversation to potentially start for this team. I mean, maybe you can be devil's advocate or something. Uh, and, I will and totally be talk me down from a, from a real world fantasy football. Uh, I think you're probably right. If James Winston is still James Winston, he's going to throw for 4,000 plus yards, but it's going to have 20 plus interceptions, which is going to kill your team. Uh, if he somehow figures out how to not throw the ball away, then he's the clear cut to me. He's the clear cut. Uh, Taysom Till should not even be in the conversation. 
But if Jameis Winston, if you don't have the confidence of Jameis Winston being able to protect that ball, then to me it's Taysom Hill. The way the, the game is going, teams are looking for that running quarterback. And Taysom Hill has proven that he can be a game manager and an effective running quarterback. I don't trust his uh, passing acumen, um, how, how well he throws the ball. So I would see a massive step back in the passing game. But if you're still running Alvin Kamara and Latavius Murray and you have a, an epic wide receiver, Michael Thomas, I think Taysom Hill can still manage the offense. They would just really, for me, they'd have to step up the defense. So Jameis Winston would be my first choice purely because even when he's throwing 20 interceptions, he's still a top 10 quarterback because he's throwing for a thousand like yards a game. He's throwing for touchdowns um, when he's got the right weapons and the New Orleans Saints have the weapons. He's from a fantasy standpoint, Jameis Winston's the guy from a real world standpoint, Taysom Hill would be the guy. If that's devil devil's advocate enough. So, uh, well, so let's go real world then. If you were in charge of this team, well, who are you saying you would start? I day one, I'd start Taysom Hill. As of right now, uh, not seeing what's going on in camp and knowing really what how that that quarterback battle is going, uh, I would be planning on starting Taysom Hill uh, game one, and I'd be telling Jameis like, if you want this job, you better prove it. Like I know you can throw this ball and make passes. But I also know that you can throw this ball away and ruin the game for us. So you better prove to me if you want a starting job in this league again, now is the time to prove it. So Taysom Hill, you're my starter. Jameis, you better earn it. Well, so, yeah, and so I'm I'm with you there. And why I think, you know, everyone in the organization is there too is because, I mean, that's what they did last year when Drew Brees was, was out for four games. They put Taysom Hill was the guy, yeah, and that's, and they were looking to win. They were. They weren't yeah. looking to let's see what we have in a quarterback. They were like, we want to win this division. We have Jameis Winston. We have Taysom Hill. Let's put in Taysom Hill. But they also so, had Taysom Hill for a couple of years. He knew the system. They had mm-hmm. belief and trust. They brought Jameis in because they needed a backup quarterback. And if you needed a quality backup quarterback, Jameis Winston is not a bad guy to have. Yeah, like, no, you know he's, he's going to be able to step great. in. He he can play right. He's he's not like going out there and, and grabbing some schlub off the off the bench somewhere like a Mike Glennon. He's not a guy who you, you ever want to have start a game. Jameis Winston in a pinch, sure, I, I I'm okay with him starting a game for me. But long term, like franchise quarterback, um, yeah, real world, Jameis Winston would not be it. Well, and the thing is, too, though, is that Taysom came in and did well. He did. Like, it wasn't that he, like, came in and completed 50% of his passes or something, threw a bunch of touchdowns. It was, I mean, threw a bunch of interceptions. It, he he managed the game exactly like the one or two. He had a he good did, completion yeah. percentage. He, he, he was dynamic. He ran, got, you know, four rushing touchdowns in that span. Yeah. Uh, well, he did the job he was he was supposed to do. Now, yep. if they bolster that defense and that defense gets better, it only makes sense you run with Taysom Hill. But if your defense is playing from behind, Taysom Hill's not the guy I think that's going to bring you back. Sure. I don't, think, um, I don't think he has that flair to go out there and say, hey, we're down by two scores. Let's drive the field and get there. To me, Jameis Winston's that guy. 
Yep. That's that's probably true. Um I mean they, you know, they, they their first three draft picks were all on the defensive side, so I think they agree with you. Uh yeah. looking to, you know, bolster that side of the ball and, and have uh, a little more, you know, balanced game. Right. Okay, well let's let's not uh belabor the the quarterback situation. So real world Taysom Hill for me, fantasy related, it'd be Jameis Winston. Well, I would say fantasy related, if there's some people in other leagues or whatever that are down on Taysom Hill, that I would grab him. I have him in our league, so I don't mind saying that. Well, I have but... Winston, James Winston in our league. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So I'm rooting for him. All right. You do that. Um, I also the eighth think... year, he'll turn it around. This will be the year. You know what? If he does, great. I, I honestly <laughs> believe that. Jameis Winston is better for all of the pass catchers, where I think Taysom Hill is better for one, maybe two of the pass catchers. I don't think he has any pass catchers, which we're going to get to in a second. (laughs) Looking at this, we know Alvin Kamara is a stud, even regardless of who the quarterback is um, on his own. He's still a stud running back. Sure. He, he gets a lot of, a lot of his points from the passing game. But I think either one of these quarterbacks can feed him enough to still make him a top ten running back. Yeah, I agree. He's he's the he's the real wheels of the team. Uh, mm-hmm. Runs through Kamara definitely. So then, Michael Thomas. Do you still think he's a top ten, maybe even a top five wide receiver? No, I don't. No, uh, I'm I'm down. I'm down on him. Uh, I don't know what it is, you know, maybe I'm, I'm just conflating him with like Marcus Colston, how he looked toward the end. Uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm worried. He just, you know, he got a injured and I'm getting older all year. Yep. Yeah. So I don't know. I, it's a, I could be just lumping him in with, with other, old guys and, and putting a dynasty lens on everything, which as soon as I see someone get to, you know, 20, 29 or something, you know, I, I start uh, downgrading him in my mind and I shouldn't. Um, but I don't know, it, it, especially if it goes to Taysom, you know, I mean, this could be like more like a Lamar Jackson sort of offense, you know, uh, where there's no receiver that really. Well, let's, um, Here's some interesting stats I'm going to share with you. I stole this from another podcast. So for those of you that listen to other podcasts, you're probably going to recognize some of these stats. When Taysom Hill played with Michael Thomas, Michael Thomas had over 90 yards a game and had a completion percentage with Taysom Hill of over 80%. And his passer rating was like over 120. So the two of them worked well together when Michael Thomas was healthy and on the field. Now that only happened for four games. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm like last game, size. eight for eight for eighty-four yards. Yep. yep. Now the downside to that is, Taysom Hill didn't really see anybody else on the field. It was just Michael Thomas. So back to my other comment about if Taysom Hill is your quarterback for fantasy, he's probably going to be okay himself, and he'll probably make one receiver relevant. In this case, it's got to be Michael Thomas. If it's not, yeah, it's got to be yeah. Alvin Kamara, which leaves a wasteland of everything else. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's definitely the the guy. I mean, that's obviously clear. I just, um, 
Yeah, I just don't view him as a top 10 this year. So now the question is, who do you think the wide receiver two, the wide receiver three are on this team? Uh, I, I don't think there is a <laughs> really. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I mean, Traquan Smith is the wide receiver two, and he'll, he'll make some good plays. And if you want 600 yards, you know, go for him. But I don't think uh, they don't have any star waiting in the wings at wide receiver that is like looking to break out in my opinion no diamond in the rough like um i'd have marquez callaway in just about every league because he was the guy i thought that was going to like break out right knowing that they needed some depth they don't they they had the number one but there was no real clear-cut wide receiver too it could be traquan for me it could be marquez callaway those are really the two that I think might be interchangeable as that wide receiver two position. And then I see here we've got Deontay Harris, which I love if you're playing in leagues with kick returners. Deontay Harris is money if you get those kind of kick return points. But he hasn't really done a lot to earn himself a regular roster spot on the field during regular plays. He's not he's not your wide receiver three or your wide receiver four on the team, I think. But great in the kick return game yep yeah both uh callaway harris just undrafted free agents not a lot of you know background to go off of certainly the opportunity but you know i mean even in the draft they just they only got one guy uh seventh round kawan baker um which i know nothing about yeah well i mean He's just a guy with an opportunity. If you're the if you are drafted and you are mentioned with <laughs> one of the top, you know, top five receivers on the team, then you have a shot. And two of them are undrafted free agents um, who haven't really done much that so far. You know, it's worth worth keeping worth on your no, watch list because you never know; those guys can always break out. Or I'll right, say now, to everyone here, drop your best players and go get him now because um, you <laughs> should Baker. totally do that. He's on the waivers, guys. Go grab him. <laughs> well, Multi-Beast has been out there actively uh, changing his roster, picking up some pieces, making some moves. So maybe maybe this will trigger him to go grab some stuff. <laughs> yeah, he can't help himself. He'll, no. he's got, he has a loaded bench always, and he has to drop someone to pick up someone a little better in the moment. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so give me some uh, some pointers on Adam Troutman. There's a lot of hype around him right now. Tight end's always been a wasteland. What do you think? This is a guy who who starts to see a rise. You think he's maybe not fantasy relevant on the scale that we would expect, but do you think he makes a a leap into more relevancy, maybe top fifteen? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, top fifteen is a good. Good guess because they, he is going to be the guy. He's going to be the guy. He's going to be all the guy. Now, that doesn't mean, doesn't mean it's going to (laughs) be, you know, who knows what he's going to be because he only had limited, uh, you know, opportunity last year. But he did not get a lot of reps. That is true. And I know that because he's on my team. So, (laughs) did not get a lot of reps. Oh, oh, what's the other league? He's on my team, though. Yeah, I got him this year. So here, gotcha. here. So looking at it, this is a guy who played. Yeah, he didn't. He didn't get a lot of playing time. 
But let's see, 10%, 15%, 50%, 20%, 30%, So he was averaging 40% playing time at best. But when he was... So then why? Then where is this craziness coming from? And that's all about what we were talking about before we I, started I recording he, here. It's the draft pick. He's a third-round draft pick. He, he right. was drafted to be their future. They knew Jared Cook. Wasn't going to last forever. Yeah. So so this is the guy waiting in the rings. They wanted to see if he's going to be able to take it over. They didn't draft a, a soul at tight end. That tells me that they uh, are pretty confident that they're going to go with him. Well, it's it was his rookie year last year. This is his second year, and everyone knows that tight ends take a while. So if we give him some time and let him cook some more, every year he gets better. He was the tight end 57 <laughs> last year. So from 57 to top 15, to me, that's a pretty significant jump. If he makes makes it in top 15, this is a guy who's probably going to have a significant future as a somewhat relevant weekly starter or spot starter, depending on the matchup. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a – that's a bold take. I mean, he would be 15 in the top 15, but there isn't there aren't a lot of great tight ends. No, that, he doesn't have you know, a lot of so. no, not, there's not a lot of competition, and there's not a lot of other targets on the team. I mean, Camara no. is like you know, like basically a receiver, and then Michael Thomas, and then Troutman's got to be the third. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah. All right. Um, let's chat rookies. We talked about Kwan Baker. The other offensive player they took was quarterback Ian Book in the fourth round. Do you think that's an insurance policy? Uh, that seems smart to, you know, because, you know, we've established, uh, in our debate that Winston is not the future. And if Taysom somehow flames out, you want someone to be able to look forward to in the future. So took a round four flyer. You know, I don't round four isn't anything to you know make Taysom worried, I don't think. It it's kinda, not a big investment. Makes sense. Yeah. yeah. It's not a big investment. But it's a it's a noteworthy player who's probably gonna get an opportunity at some point if if not the starter probably to be the backup. Well, it'll be interesting only having a couple preseason games, actually. You'll get a lot less, uh, you know, understanding of, of the deep backups here because, you know, they want to give their practice. Yeah. It's going to be tough to make a lot of those determinations about how good some of these backup guys really are than prior. All right. So let's wrap it up with the New Orleans Saints. Give me your the fantasy star on this team this year, and do you have a fantasy sleeper? Uh, no, I think we we just about covered it. I mean, I've been talking about Jason, and they're my team. But you know, Michael Thomas would still be drafted. <laughs> Those guys and and you know, any, any league, but uh, I think the best value would be at those two. Okay. So your fantasy star is Taysom Hill and your fantasy sleeper is Adam Trotman. Sure. Yeah. I'm going to go. Camara is going to be the star of this show 
with again oh, all yeah, agree right. with you on Trump as like, the fantasy sleeper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't mean to forget about uh, him. That's <laughs> ah, okay. Don't forget about him, man. He's still there. He uh, he gets old next year. Ah, yeah. That's when he gets into that danger zone. All right. Up next, we have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They finished the season at eleven and five, and they have a crazy deep roster of players that have once been fantasy relevant, were fantasy relevant, were hot, cold. It's a it's a deep list. This so, is the easiest rosters I've ever. Yeah, fantasy. I can't believe this roster. <laughs> Okay, so Tom Brady. Let's just let's be quick about that. Do you think Tom Brady? Where does he fall in? Top ten, top 15, I think he's got, top twenty. Where do you think he falls? To, uh, I think he's got a good shot to start uh, for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers this season uh, over their <laughs> uh, their round two. I know they drafted back, but I Kyle Trask. stick it out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think I think they'll stick with Tom. I think he he will carry them. You never never count him out. Even when I think the wheels finally fall off, this is a guy who think his mental toughness and his just no quit attitude. I think is is what keeps him going. So, Tom Brady, I think he's top fifteen. I don't think he breaks in the top ten this year. I don't actually yeah. have in front of me where he finished last year, but uh... he he was top ten last year. Wow. So- then no i do not expect him to be uh top 10 i think that defense overshadows the offense this year because to me the defense only got better uh so they're not gonna have to push the game as much and knowing bruce arians and the history that he's had when you're winning games you let tom be tom but you run that ball as much as you can control the flow kill the clock all right all right I, i yeah i can you know, it's people like Dak Prescott that you know, like that sucks. You know, <laughs> so you throw the ball so ball much for four hundred yards. Yeah. Of the yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, all right, We're all right. I can buy that. Be, yeah, I think he's just really good at game managing. He's gonna mess with opposing defenses, make them make mistakes, and he's gonna capitalize on. It. I don't think he throws for a crazy amount of touchdowns. I don't think he throws for a crazy many yards. I don't think he has any turnovers either. I bet you he's probably going to go through the season with maybe one interception. Like I don't, I don't see him hmm. being a lights out quarterback this year. I think he's just going to play a perfect season. That's my guess. Okay. Well, I'll say he finishes 10 just to 10? put okay. it out there. Now running back, they got Ronald Jones. They brought back Leonard Fournette. They, they signed Gio Bernard and they still got Keyshawn Vaughn. Yeah, why not? <laughs> Resign Fournette and, and just bring another another one. Sure. You, you now have you a get... solid pass catching back in, in Gio Bernard. And you've now got a first down, second down running back in Rojo and Leonard Fournette. So running back by committee, is that what you think is going to happen here? Absolutely. And touched on it that Gio is a good pass catch. So that's that was something back, you know, the the role that New England, England you know. So not that I think he's gonna have, have a lot of fight or anything because there's it's gonna be spread. I think that's why he's right. There. And if he pulls in that that James White esque role, sure, he's gonna have some touchdown value closer to the goal line, uh, getting that first down, moving the chains. 
Yeah, it's. I think it's running back by committee. They're going to be by the end of the season. They're all three of them probably going to be roughly in, in the same spot, ranking wise. They're probably going to have a uh, 18, 19, and 20, right? Like somewhere, somewhere they're all going to be within three spots of one another. Because if they spread the ball around and they don't suffer a bunch of in- injuries, that's how I think it's going to play out. Yeah, it's good. I mean, you will. You don't because you don't. You want to have one of those guys if the other guy gets injured. Yeah, and even then, it's not down. You want to have Rojo. Yeah, yeah. But you don't. You don't wish that upon a player. Like that's not how you want to play fantasy. No, but even even you know other running back situations are a little more clear cut. Where there's like two guys, you know, one goes down, the other steps up. There you right. go. You know, here it's like you still got four guys, so it's tough. Who knows? <laughs> now let's talk wide receivers because they have a house of wide receivers. Yeah, sure do. Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, what's left of Antonio Brown, young guys in Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, and Justin Watson. So yeah. like Adam. That makes sure. sense, you know. Jalen Why not? Right, which Bryce t- picked up. To be honest with you, I like all of these guys. They're Dan- to me, they're dynasty value in Scotty Miller, Tyler Johnson, and Justin Watson. I'd like to have one of those guys on my bench. I think I even do. I think I have one of those guys. Watson, since he was drafted, and it was <laughs> guys, and no, not letting anyone go. It's no, because like, you don't want to let them go because you know the moment that Chris Godwin moves on, Evans moves on. And eventually Brown, like he's gonna be gone. Like, to be comparable the next three up could be these three. Yeah. Yeah. From what we saw, what little we saw of these guys, they they all flashed, they all showed some potential. They just don't get enough playing time because the guys in front of them are so good. So which is for me as a dynasty owner, uh, I have the fear of, well, they haven't really proven anything yet. I'll just cut them to add somebody else to my roster only to find out that I cut them the year they break out. Right. So, Oh, it's tough. And I really have no idea on the, what's going to happen. You know, no idea. Uh, Uh, I might just take the last one that's around, you know, just to me, it's not, to you might as well bet on the last one that's around in a draft. So uh, sure, because you're you're not investing as much in there, right? Like the the risk is lower. And I remember trying to work a trade with uh, Gabriel because he's got Mike Evans, and at the time Mike Evans was was really kind of hitting the roller coaster, and we kind of went back and forth over like what his value is like what what should i give up because i wanted to to make the playoffs i wanted to make a push and i think mike evans has had some uh gas left in the tank but he wasn't really seeing the the amount of yards that he had typically seen in the past but he was getting like the touchdown a game right so he was getting his minimum 10 points but he wasn't like shooting the lights out so back at the time gabriel said you know what i think i think uh he's a top 10 receiver bar none, super easy. If you want him, you got to pay this kind of price. And I was like, I don't think he's going to be top 10. Like, he's not getting the yardage or the targets. Like, he's just kind of like last second scoring a touchdown off of two receptions and 10 yards. 
So, like, I don't know. I, I, I didn't bite. And he was right. He was absolutely right. Mike Evans finished as a top 10 receiver right on the cusp and had a great year. Even though Chris Godwin had a better year when he was playing, Mike Evans was still super relevant. So Mike mm-hmm. Evans, Chris Godwin, maybe even Antonio Brown, all three could be in the top 15. They could pull off this crazy miracle. I don't think they get there because I don't think the volume is going to be there to, to push them all that far. One of them, I think, gets in the top 15. And that's true. You know, at least a couple of them up in the top 15 because, you know, you know, champions time, you know, don't you want one of the top two receivers on that? So, you know. Yeah, I do. Uh, And I still think, I don't think Brown's got a lot of years left in him. Maybe one. Maybe this might be his his last year. Who knows? He might just go meander off somewhere. Yeah, I, I yeah, I don't know. Evans still have a few years of relevance. I'm willing to take a shot on Brown where he's being drafted, just because. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was awesome. <laughs> Let's not, you know, he was. No, no, yeah. Number one. COVID, all the you know, not as much. I mean, I mean, if you're, you're going to pick a guy ready. and go catch passes, you know, on every holiday and and at 6 a.m. in the morning every day, you know, I, I think Brown's going to be going to work. Um, so well, I hopefully for him, I, I, future, I would... he balls out this year. He shows that he's still Antonio Brown because then he's going to get a sweet contract next year. He's getting up there. He's, I mean, he just is, is up there, but uh, really rooting for the guy. Too. Uh, no, my my love for him is definitely has definitely waned. <laughs> so we've we've belabored the the quarterback, the running back, the wide receivers. Let's talk about the depth at tight end with Rob Gronkowski, OJ Howard, and perennial. Buccaneers tight end Cameron Brait. Yeah, not one of these guys left either. It's crazy. <laughs> it's like <laughs> no, they're all still well, there. Uh, these are all guys. Well, I guess Howard has. He's drafted to be, he you know, a top tight end. Yeah, did he finish? Did he, did he pull it off one year? Uh, one year he you did. know, he had a great year. Then he got injured the following year, and then Bruce Arians came in and said, "I don't like you." So mm. then he was irrelevant. We know he yeah, has so... the, the capability of doing it. But with to me, if Rob Gronkowski is still on the field, I think O.J. Howard and Cameron Brait are untouchables. They're great to have in Dynasty because the moment they move on, I think the potential for either one of those guys to be a pass-catching asset on a team that likes to throw to the tight end is there. But if Rob Gronkowski is still on the team... I, I don't see Tom choosing anyone else but his buddy. Yep, I agree. I don't. These guys, they're going to do it. There's three of them. They don't. Looks very similar to the wide receivers. They're talent, but just I, I just probably not. Actions. Nope. Okay, well then let's talk rookies. We talked about Jalen Darden, uh, fourth round. Uh, which, oddly enough, Bryce took in the fourth round. He may or may not do something. He's, to me, he's probably going to be like a three-year stash. 
uh, before he's even getting a real shot at any playing time. Uh, but the interesting thing for me is Kyle Trask. Do you think as a second round quarterback, he is the heir apparent? Do you think he has what it takes to pick up where Tom Brady will leave off? Uh, uh, I'm to make that. Two quarterbacks, I feel like I don't feel like they ever get there. I feel like you're either round one, you get fifth round, you know, through and you're good, good, and then you get there. Yeah, the round two, it's like I feel like, and I'm generalizing because I don't even know Trask, but you know, like, hey, you you know, good wins in college, you must be pretty good at this, so I'll draft too but um for me he was a guy i did follow going into the draft he was a quarterback of florida he was your butt like no no well in this case i knew going into this season i was going to need a quarterback with james winston as my previous starter yeah i needed i needed to find a quarterback i had so i have kyle kyler murray james winston who may or may not have a future in football um, and then who else did I have? Bear with me here as I as I pull this up real quick. And I had oh I had Jared Goff. Okay, so I'm looking at like I'm going to need someone that maybe a year or two from now uh, could rise up because Jared Goff might not have a future in football either, right? He might just be the interim uh, Detroit quarterback, and then he's done. Who knows? He could end up as as a backup. Who knows? So right now my only qualified starting quarterback is Kyler Murray which I'm super happy with. I just wanted to make sure that I had someone to come up the ranks and, and potentially like be a reliable um, alternate quarterback. So when I started looking, I'm thinking, okay, you know, I got some draft picks. I'm going to, I'm going to take a quarterback in the second round. And then lo and behold, the situation arose where everyone else wanted a quarterback in the second round. And my number four quarterback was available to me. So I grabbed him, which was Zach Wilson who I like, but I'm not crazy super high on based upon the draft position. But Kyle Trask, I forget where I drafted him at, but I liked him. He was my number five quarterback on my draft board. This is a guy who, he's a true pocket passer. He's a very similar style to uh, to Tom Brady. If you want a funny picture, go look at um, Tom Brady's draft year and what he looked like. And you look at him, he looks like... Oh, is that, that a picture? Yeah. He had a pot belly. He was just like, what is this guy doing? No, wait. Was that Matt Jones, though? Matt Jones looking like Brady. Okay, maybe I'm getting confused. Yeah, you're right. Matt Jones. So, now I'm confusing the two. Okay. But Kyle Trask is a quarterback. He was my number five on the list. I liked him a lot. Uh, So, to me, when he landed up in Tampa, I'm thinking, like, oh, this is a guy I want to steal in every draft. Because I think people will overlook him because, like, whatever, he's not a big flashy name. He's a true pocket passer. He's not a crazy run guy. He's step back, throw that ball. You know what? I could get behind this. Especially if Bruce Arians runs that offense that way as as a true passer. Kyle Trask might have great potential down the road. It's probably going to take two, three years for Brady to move on. But... If Kyle Trask just sits there and is a sponge and absorbs all the information, he might be, he might be a great quarterback down the road. That just no one. Yeah, it, it depends. They have just have so much. To me, it's just with this roster. I mean, they, we talked about how they have depth at wide receiver and everything, yeah. but I mean, it's just so clear that you know they're they're renting these guys for a couple seasons to 
rack up some know, Super Bowls. And then yes. Yeah, so it's it's I don't know how much Tampa Bay is made to last. So if if Tom retires and everyone leaves, you know what's what's left behind in the record structure. I don't know if it's going to. Uh, you know be. what? That is that's a, that's a really good point. You you build your team so you're on the cap. You're just managing your roster to win some like Super Bowls or put you in the position to be there. And then when the wheels fall off and everyone like moves on, here's Kyle Trask stepping into a wasteland of like, oh crap, what do I got to work with? Oh, so that might be the case and. Hopefully he rises to the challenge. That's what I'm gambling on, anyways. All right. Yeah. Okay. So let's uh, let's wrap things up here with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, give me your your fantasy star on the team. Who do you think is going to be the big, big, big shining star? Ah, uh, boy. Well, am I getting a sleeper? <laughs> yeah, you get both sleeper and and a star. Who's your sleeper? And who's your star? Um. Well. Uh, Antonio Brown for this because I've talked him up a little bit already. So yeah, I'm going to go with him as stepping up is to be a equal one, two, three punch with just betting on it. Um, that is where you can draft them. Right. And for, so for sleeper, I'll go that Johnson, their wide receiver there. So that wouldn't, uh, be like a redraft, you know, sleep on just to emerge from the inevitable. Godman moving on, Brown moving on, sort of thing to, to really come in and, and be a wide receiver one or two uh, for right. the future. He would be my, my pick of the others. Okay. I'm not, um, I'm not going to agree with you on the Brown. I can see where you're going from from draft position. I think he's probably going to end up being a value. Uh, I think the star of the team will be Chris Godwin. As long as he's healthy on the field, I think he'll he'll probably be the guy that, that takes the majority of the targets. Um, my sleeper, on the other hand, is probably going to be Scotty Miller. I think he ends up as the wide receiver four on the team. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that, my friends, is the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And this is where we're going to do something different we've never done in any of the previous podcasts. This is where oh, I'm going to take a break. And I'm going to introduce you guys to the sponsor of today's show. No way. Yeah. Today's show is sponsored by Fandango Tequila. Straight out of Mexico. It's a dark Añejo tequila. It's smooth. It's tasty. I highly recommend that if you guys can find it in your liquor store, you pick it up and you try it. I love it. It's fantastic. <laughs> it's, it's super delicious. And they were gracious enough to, to, to sponsor today's show by giving me a bottle to try Wow, mm-hmm. good for you. Yeah, to- totally not legit, but I'm gonna I'm gonna take it anyways. <laughs> so if you guys get a chance, it's a it's not a flashy bottle. I have to take a picture of it and put it up into the app for you. Um, but it is it is extremely tasty, especially right now. It's super hot out, and I love I love drinks on ice. Help cool the body, and it goes great on ice. I want to go get some right now. Okay, well, hey, I, w- I will post a picture in the app once I post the episode, and you guys can go go shop this thing down. So, moving along, here we go. Carolina Panthers. Oddly enough, this is a very short roster. It's not a deep roster to look at at all. No, it's like polar opposite here. It's crazy. Polar opposite. So, we'll get to one real quick. 
we are looking at quarterback Sam Darnold. I don't even know who the backup is. Do you? No. No, uh, no right? Yeah, I never heard of him. <laughs> okay. Com- completely irrelevant who the backup is. It's Sam Darnold as your starter. Do you trust him? Do you not? Um, I have no idea. I don't. I don't trust him. I guess, but uh, he could. He could he get could. there, and I view him as uh, better than Bridgewater. Uh, more upside than yes. Bridgewater. Uh, so I agree with you. he is better than Teddy Bridgewater. He has more upside. I just don't know if is the is the curse of Adam Gase true? To me, this is going to be the telling tale right right here and now. Sam Darnold, if he becomes yeah. an amazing, even even a um, if there's 32 quarterbacks in this league that are starters, is he going to be on the positive side, above average? To me, if he does, then he's officially the the curse of Adam Gase is true, and he just broke the curse. Yeah, I mean, he certainly you know needed a, a change of scenery. Um, it was not. It was looking Mark Sanchezy a little um, down the stretch for for Darnold seeing ghosts, and you know he was one butt fumble away from another meme. So uh, <laughs> it was uh, he he needed this, and and it's worth noting. Team just came from. The Jets, you know, getting over the curse himself really shocked me. I did not think he was going to do anything because uh, I really liked Curtis Samuel and um, DJ Moore, who they, you know, currently have. Samuel moved on. Um, so Anderson, like, really popped off. Um, and Sam's got a connection, you know, there. They do. So. Yeah. They got a rapport. So I think there's the potential for something happening here is is high i think the opportunity for sam donald to redeem himself is going to be there and it's all going to come down to him seizing that opportunity and making something happen so we'll see if he does as of right now i don't trust him i'm rooting for him but i don't trust him yep now his life will also be made a whole lot easier when CMC is your running back. To me, that's like a, a get out of jail free card. That's your exactly the pressure. The pressure for Sam Darnold isn't going to be high if that offensive line holds even just a smidge. CMC is going to make defenses pay, and DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson are reliable receivers. So if Sam Darnold gets into trouble, CMC's your, your fail-safe. And if he's got a couple moments, well, I think DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson could be very valuable for fantasy. It's a real, like, thing to watch if you think the O-line there. I don't think Sam's very good under pressure. So, and Robbie can, you know, really sail on the deep balls and so can Moore. So, if they're able to give him time, um, you know, this could be, a, you know, um, just having a, a really good uh, run game. Um, but then, you know, Tannehill suddenly went from Miami to being, you know, a, a suddenly a great quarterback um, because of all that play action that he can do and, yep. and get, get those long balls out there that Sam could 
to mention another, you know, <laughs> former uh, Gase uh, player. Really a comp to 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 Donald there in Tannehill. Yep. So let's let's hope that things work out for the positive. Just just because you you don't want to see people fail. Like I don't. I want to see people succeed. And hopefully this is his his opportunity to do that. All right. I don't want to end up like Josh Rosen. Like that's that's just a really kind of a sad story. Mm-hmm. Now they used to have a great tight end in Greg Olson. But they've never had anyone really step up. Ian Thomas has really floundered. I don't think he he takes over the mantle of starting pass catching tight end. But they did sign Dan Arnold, which I think several analysts were hoping that he would turn into something relevant. Does he think he where do you, where do you think? Do you think they these are just gonna end up as non relevant mediocre tight ends, or do you think someone has a chance here? Uh, I think they're going to be mediocre. Um, Dan Arnold's coming from like Arizona, um, and he had to that last year if he could do anything. If he didn't, uh, he just had a couple guys that can hold down the fort, uh, you know, and really receiving threat down the road. Um, but if you want to mention, they did draft the tight end. They did in Tommy Tremble in the third round, which is a respectable round to draft um, a tight end. Now his the, tr- the trout notes here that you, okay. the Troutman round, yeah. So this is a guy who's probably going to take a few years. And reading his the tail of his tape here, uh, he is a blocker. He's not a pass catcher. You know what? So that not, is, I see as well, well, and you know, so like, like they're, I don't know why. Reaction then, <laughs> maybe Arnold and Thomas weren't filling that role, but it doesn't look like they were receiver here. Well, I think the comment is he has tape where he literally puts defenders flat on their backs. Tremble could develop into receiving asset in time. But his way onto the field as a rookie is through his blocking ability. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I don't, I don't, I think it's a wasteland here. Steer clear of the tight ends from the Carolina Panthers until one proves to be relevant. Now, out of the, out of the previous two teams, there is rookies here I would like to talk about. First, I want to talk about my boy Chuba Hubbard. From my very own state, from from right here down the road, Chuba Hubbard uh, made national headlines um, a year ago as an outstanding running back, and we all we all took note. Here in Canada, he didn't make a big splash. People didn't really know of him until he went down to college. Notoriety rises, and we're all rooting for him. Now he didn't have a great college year, which I think really hurt his draft position, but. I think he landed in probably one of the best situations he could have, knowing he wasn't going to go to a team looking for a running back to start. Chuba Hubbard as a backup to CMC. Not not the same play style. Uh, He's not a true pass-catching back. He's more of a straight-up-and-down runner. Uh, What do you think about Chuba Hubbard? Well, uh, that's really cool that you have uh, some some local connections. Then, did you yeah. mean like in high school he played, or uh, did he do a transfer or something for college? Uh, 
so in yeah so in canada where he's from he's from mm-hmm. sherwood park which is a community an estate community just outside the city i live in edmonton he he played high school football here uh got noted and went down to go play for a, a tier two school uh down in the u.s got a scholarship made the roster nice yeah Fortnite. because apparently you don't Java, like, like i've been doing so yeah, it's uh, all right <laughs> tuba like tuba gotcha mm-hmm. there. pretty pretty name yeah. um, um i don't even know if anyone like, i don't have a, it off the top of my head um but his certain certainly his landing spot is is Let's have a look here. Um, he he was someone. Oh, Labrice, or however you say it. Sorry, Raverbiss. <laughs> yeah, tiny goat. That sadly okay. enough, Chuba Hubbard does not even list on as a running back on the depth chart for the Carolina Panthers right now, according to Sleeper. Uh, well, but his uh, need, need to update. They're they're. they're Okay, yeah. so third round he was drafted. Yeah, in our league, I mean, um, he you know, was drafted uh, in the third round in the NFL too. Oh, sorry, no, he wasn't. That was that was Tremble. Uh, round four in the NFL. Yeah. So I like him. I think he's yeah, a was, stash. In our draft, it was like uh, running back round. No running around, and then. Chuba board in the third round is like the to the second, second tier start, but so I, I get that pick and I, I get stashing, but obviously, no way to take over. Uh, no, barring injury, unless CMC has another injury season, which I certainly hope he doesn't. Um, Chuba is not really going to. You know, I mean, everyone's out for. Games. He's going to get reps. Like he's going to get reps. Like if he ends up with 150 reps by the end of the year, we will know whether this kid has has what it takes in the NFL. If he if he doesn't get those that many reps, he's somewhere around the hundred or 75 to 100 reps uh, or touches. Then I think he it's still questionable. But if he gets 150 touches, then. We'll know whether this kid's gonna gonna shine or not. Yep. Wait, but you don't have to on your bench. No, just hold him for a year. That's make room good. for for someone for next year if he doesn't show up, or yeah. trade him off to the the CMC owner and see if someone needs the insurance policy. Now, a receiver I do want to talk about because he is someone I did want in this draft or wanted in just about any rookie draft, is Terrence Marshall Jr. Uh, it's Terrence. Terrence, sorry. Terrence. Oh, uh-huh. there we go. You got, you got. There for no reason. So we, we... There we go. Balance it out. Universe is equal again. So I, I like Terrence. Uh, I like the what, what his measurables are. I like the story that he had. I realized that he had a bit of an injury, which probably dropped his draft capital a little bit. But... I think he's a talented receiver, and I think he's on a great team because I don't think DJ Moore or Robbie Anderson are both destined long-term for the team. 
So having Terrence Marshall on the team for the next four years to work his way up, if not take one of those starting spots, it's like a great grab. Yeah, seems like a great pick. Um, exactly. You need need depth at wide receiver. Mm-hmm. I don't even know who the third is without him, to be honest. Who wasn't even on the team as the third uh, if you didn't draft him? So, yep. David Moore. Okay. Well, he wasn't even on the team, right? He's a new addition, I think, from Seattle. I think he uh, was it last year he joined the team. Here, let's let's find out. Oh, maybe David uh, Moore. I don't know. David Moore. Uh, yeah, he just signed onto the team. So he's brand new. Got him in free agency. Yeah. So I think I think him and Terrence Marshall are probably going to battle for that wide receiver three spot. Yeah. Well, then it speaks to why they also drafted a wide receiver in round six too. Uh, she Smith. She Smith, which I, I I don't know a lot about, but I've read uh, a little bit, and it's surprising that he went so late. It sounds like he was quite the steal in round six. Uh yeah. Best of. That I knew before the draft, um, but half of that. I expect him to go much higher than where he went. But, um, but yeah, he's 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 a name to, you know, someone picked him up. So who's got him? Spoonie Knifey. So yeah, he grabbed him. Um, Spoonie Knifey is in a different league. He's in the sorry, league. wrong league, wrong league. My <laughs> bad. Hey, that Sleeper, is, that I just I just go to. And pray, sorry, and pray, got him. <laughs> that's okay. Oh man, that's good stuff. But, but he just got him from waivers. He wasn't drafted. But, no. But he, he spent he spent some money, five bucks. There you go. Whoa, good job. out of out of a good total job, hundred, man, it's a sweet of deal. Well, you know what? Uh, I think when we did the uh, the year in review, and uh, Andrew was called out for being a cheapskate, oh, yeah. not spending any of his fab. He's like, well, screw that noise. I'm not letting that happen again. I know, he yeah. I'm giving, him, I'm giving him props. I'm giving him props for that. So yep. <laughs> He's getting some guys. I think Chi Smith might, might be the sleeper I would choose uh, off this roster. Yeah, it's hard. This is like the opposite of Tampa Bay. Um, like, can Terrace be a sleeper? I, mean, I wouldn't I guess... call him a sleeper. I think, I think this is a good guy who's probably going to I got to go deeper. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm not willing to, to put any any bets on Chi Smith, so I have to go Terrace as the sleeper because. Okay. And is, is, is CMC just the, then is CMC just the clear cut superstar here? I'm sure. So yeah, yeah I'm go with that. <laughs> but you know, it could be some right. people concerned about you know injury for a year, you know, coming back. So, but you don't any. Unfortunately, he's falling into that category of both age and time in the league. So he signed his deal. He's now year two into his deal. He's already kind of had his injury season. So hopefully he's able to rebound. Mm-hmm. Well, let's take a look. I'd at make the, the bet. You make the bet? You think he's going yeah. to fall off? No, no, I would make the bet. I, he's, he's, he's worth it. I mean, I mean Dynasty's tough. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying like in a redraft, he's he's worth the price you're paying. Yeah, I, I would pay it for a redraft. Dynasty, depending on how the season goes, I might be looking to shop him by the end of the season. Mm-hmm. Get rid of him before Todd Gurley's season career ends up uh, finding him. Right. <laughs> All right, Atlanta Falcons. There's a lot to love here. Like, to me, there's a really a lot to love. Uh, 
Matt Ryan to me is a reliable top 15 quarterback. He's been top five. He's been top 15. He roller coasters, but he's been like, if you keep him into that upper echelon, he has a chance every single year to be top five, top 10, top 10 at a minimum. So I like Matt Ryan. Hmm. What this offense decides to do with the changes that they've made. I don't exactly know. They've lost Julio Jones. He's moving on. I still love Calvin Ridley. I think Calvin Ridley is, is a stud and he's going to be part of our future for a long time. So I think that pairing is a great pairing. I think that's going to go well. Um, what are your thoughts on Matt Ryan? I would, this would be the time I think. Not there anymore. Um, like I said, that they're doing standings. Like I, I the team's doing because they, it's in a weird spot where they have the veteran quarterback else going for them. So, what are they really going to do? Can't go for it? Or are they, you know, uh, see the pieces for them to really get there? Uh, I mean, their defense fell off, off a cliff. And I think you're right in the sense that how they handled the draft did not give us an indication of where the, their future is going. Because to me, they should have taken a quarterback instead of taking Kyle Pitts. As epic as Kyle Pitts is, we don't know what his future is going to be, but you got to think that if you need a, a future, you should have taken like Trey Lance. Um, you should have done something along the lines of finding the future of this team and showing what direction you're going to head. When you took well, Kyle it, Pitts, it, to me, it's like, okay, you're all in. It, it reminds I remember the, when the Giants drafted um, was a veteran quarterback Super Bowls. You know. Yep. They yep. draft the quarterback, draft yep. a skill talent. And, and, well, so. But do you think, do you think, I, I, I don't disagree with them taking Saquon Barkley because to me that position, a running back position, is a difference maker in a game where that that player can win you games single-handedly without the quarterback. Taking a tight end is not, to me, is not a position that is going to be that significant, is not going to weigh that much in tipping a game in your favor. So... Like if you're already to me, if you already had an established team and you were in the hunt and you were looking just to keep improving, you were just fine looking for that that final niche piece, Kyle Pitts made perfect sense. But you didn't have a running back. You don't have a running back. Not one with a with a with a name associated with them uh, that people are gonna trust. You've got Mike Davis as as your potentially starting running back with uh Quadri Olison as his backup. So like Mike Olson did, Mike Davis, sorry, did great as the backup for CMC, kind of proved that he can carry that that load when needed. But when CMC was out for an extended period, Mike Davis started to uh, just show the wear and tear and started to slow down dramatically. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know. Like for me, I don't, I don't think taking Kyle Pitts was the right move. Love the player, love the situation because I do believe in Matt Ryan as a quarterback. It just. How many years does, does Matt Ryan have left? Which I think hurts Calvin Ridley's future, 
which hurts Kyle Pitts' future. No one cares about Mike Davis. I think he's going to have some fantasy relevance this year, but I don't think um, – yeah, like, I don't know where this team is going to go. I don't think their defense is strong enough to pick up the slack. I, that's why I think they're going to end up last in this division and by a, by a ways. I don't think they're going to win enough games to even make it respectable. Well, up about the so just the counterpoint. Uh, sure. Ends tend to last. Max, so that's why. Oh yeah. Taking safe sense to me, and taking pits because taking pits now doesn't mean that you only have a window to. Um, so they're they're drafting a long term for their team. Um, okay. That's true. You know, yeah. So it's a little more justifiable, but it's not one piece isn't going to when they let Julio go, you know, sort of balance out. I mean, if you can really say uh, your top, you know, Hall of Fame wide receiver, but uh, what I'm saying, they have an offensive piece to, you know. Yeah. I don't think he's going to make a big enough difference to win them games more than, say, Julio would in his first year. I could be proven wrong, and I think it would be pretty epic if he did. But it's so, so that's why I and on Matt Ryan as came out of the gate with I just don't see how he can. Uh, okay, let me let me give you another. This is bad, bad, you know, even with their defense bad. Do you think they're going to be playing from behind a lot? If you're playing from behind, you're down. You're going to pass more. He got the name Matty Ice for being for being Stone Cold, right? Yeah. I, on me, Mike. So oh, I no. hope the pot been, uh, <laughs> hasn't, hasn't been or anything, but no, there was, I, there's I, been I, a couple of little blips. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think the part of the reason why I like Matt Ryan is I know Matt Ryan can throw the ball, and I know they're going to be playing from behind. They're going to be in a losing situation, I'm going to guess, every single week, which I think is going to be great for Calvin Ridley. I think there's no question. Like, this is going to be – he's going to be a top 10, if not top 5 receiver, regardless of how their, their season ends. Um, I think it's great news for Kyle Pitts. I think he's probably going to get all of the opportunity in the world this year to really show things that we haven't seen from uh, a tight end early in the career. So I'm excited to see what he's going to bring. Um, but Russell Gage and Ola made, oh man, I can't even try, Zach Zacchaeus. Zacchaeus. Ola made Zacchaeus, right? <laughs> it, it, it's unique, yeah. but. You don't have much all nines back. No, 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 nope, nothing like that. Um, <laughs> I, I like the situation for Russell Gage. Russell Gage had a couple great games. Showed that when they needed to, they can turn to him, and he proved up. I think he's going to be the clear cut uh, wide receiver too on this team. He would be the one I would prefer to own after Calvin Ridley, but as a young guy. In Olamide, future undrafted free agent agent. Uh, you got here in a note. Josh dropped him for Travis Fulgham. 
Um, and I picked him up. I'm happy to have picked him up. I think I'd rather have Olamide over Travis Fulgham right now. Um, yeah, one of one of multi beasts. Many, many. Uh, you know, oh no, do I take him? Do I take him? And you know, uh, going back and forth choice, all year. Right? So, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so uh, but really, Atlanta's wide receiver and depth is is very actually is that they just like uh actually boy wow what a weird division right like the the buccaneers are stacked and then the other teams are like really kind of hurting for depth <laughs> um, maybe, maybe that's why so, they're hurting for depth because there was no one else to get because everyone went to tampa yeah exactly i mean you just have a bunch of now behind your top running backs and and couple wide receivers which isn't a very proven you know number two wide receiver here so um yeah you got a lot and, and game, it's not like you know like these guys in tampa bay for the veterans to retire to finally get to play one of them you know no one right gauge on their I don't think I guess I could look at the history you know when gauge was first picked up I don't think anyone drafted gauge and has hold held him on their bench you know waiting for him to just get his opportunity uh so none, none of these guys really uh okay excite so me here's too, too Russell much. gauge's history in our league Russell gauge has sat on waivers until November 5th 2019 when the multi beasts or Josh, as some of us know him as now, spent $3 and added him to his roster. All right. That was it. That was Russell. Okay. No one drafted him. Uh, he was picked up on waivers back in November 5th, 2019, so two years ago. And now he has a great shot. Like, like to me, like, that's a guy who I would love to have on my bench. Like He might be a reliable flex starter week in and week out. He might even be able to make – uh, make it into because we have a bit of a a, a depth here at um, the roster starting of receivers. Maybe maybe he'd yeah like to me he'd be a solid flex starter week in and week out. Yeah, I mean he's a definite volume play, uh, and you know we've seen guys get there who've been low draft picks or uh, he, you know uh, um, he, he, he do something they did. Target tag goes somewhere. They do. Uh, I don't think they're going to Mike Davis. I think they'll they'll stay in the wide receiver group um, or get funneled to the tight end. And in this case, I don't think Hayden Hurst is their tight end. I think Kyle Pitts is their tight end. Hmm. I, I agree, but it's good to mention that still there. Um, maybe they're still there. Still there. To, you know. Targets for the could, little right? lack of they, depth at, at wide receivers. Could be. It's going to be interesting to see what they try and do this year for sure. Now, looking at the mm-hmm. rest of their their rookie drafts, they took in two running backs, undrafted free agents. We got Javian Hawkins and Caleb Huntley. Caleb Huntley was picked up off of waivers by, by Ice Metal. Well, okay. considering the other guys like a five eight kick returner, uh, Hawkins. Uh, yeah, I guess I would choose Huntley. Huntley um, over the other. But I don't know. Yeah, 
Technically, Ito Smith is still on this draft. But I think no. he's shown. I thought, thing, so. <laughs> I thought Ito Smith was gone. Hey, Ito Smith should be. Oh, wait, no, that's Irv Smith. Wrong one. Ito Smith. Oh, you're right. Oh, released. Yeah. Right. Yeah, he was released. He's gone. Well, they had too, so much depth. They're like, Ito, you're going <laughs> to. We don't, we don't need you anymore, Ito. You, you've shown us nothing. So now the, uh, well, the depth chart. And the whole cap situation. How do they even have a cap situation? Their defense is terrible. Barely well, any that's, that's... known like big names on offense. So here's, here's what they did. So from what I understand and how people are managing their caps is they, they restructure each year and they push more money to the later years. So what happens is they end up with some seriously bloated cap and they can't, they can't cut a player. Right. So like, Hey, I, I relieved myself this year of cap space. I still owe you a bunch of money, but I turned this year's money into a signing bonus and just gave you guaranteed money, which most players were like, yeah, bring it on. I'll take that. So they take a lump sum right now, which lowers their overall cap hit for the season. And, pushes their cap hit to a year or two years out now eventually the devil comes due when that when that cap hit comes and you're like hey um you're really only like a seven million dollar a year player but i kept pushing all your money out so now you're a 20 million cap hit against my roster this year so if i cut you i lose you as a player which you might be okay or great or mediocre whatever you whatever value you bring to my team but the dollar value, it makes it so that I can't cut you. Or if I do cut you, I just got a bunch of dead money and no player to fill the space. So why, mm-hmm. why it, it's, it's a challenge of managing the roster. So that's where these guys look to trade these players away with their bloated contracts. Or they get really smart and somehow build some draft capital or find some super cheap assets to kind of offset that one year they're going to take those hits. Now, Tampa has done exactly that. They signed a bunch of one-year deals, so they're, they kept their cap impact low this year. They restructured several contracts to push it into later years. So next year, they're going to be behind the eight ball, knowing that they're going to be brushing the top of that cap again, and they're going to have to lose pay- players because they're not going to be able to restructure enough to keep all of them. Hmm especially if they make another deep run into the playoffs, make it to the Super Bowl, and heaven forbid they win a second Super Bowl, hmm. the, the value of those players are going to shoot through the roof, and that's where their team, I think, is just naturally going to implode because they won't be able to afford them all. Mm-hmm. So they have everybody right now, but it's purely on a rental basis. So 2023, hmm. there's going to be very few of these guys left on the roster, and those that are left, like they're going to be chewing up a lot of cap. Kyle Trask. Kyle Trask, <laughs> right? Like that's how many how many teams have gone to the Super Bowl with a rookie quarterback in the last ten years? I'm guessing not many. Actually, just about every single year, there was a one one team had a quarterback that was on still on the rookie deal. Because you you were able to spend your money on other assets to support your rookie quarterback before they they get their big payday. The moment they get their big payday, you're now cutting some of the other assets because you can't afford to bring them on. 
So when Patrick yeah. Mahomes, he's in his prime, he just signed his crazy deal. But the first time they went, he didn't have that deal under his belt. Jared Goff. Maybe, maybe I'm just biased because I've seen, you know, Brady win so many Super Bowls. So I'm uh, just, you enough. know. But to me, <laughs> Brady hasn't had an exorbitant team threatening contract. He hasn't had, you know what, I got to be the top highest played quarterback. I'm the greatest quarterback that's ever played. I need to have a, a, a contract that reflects that. He's, he's never he's never had that. He's always had a lucrative contract, but not one that says, I need I need to get paid more than Aaron Rodgers. If Aaron Rodgers needs to be the highest mm-hmm. paid quarterback in the league because he thinks he's the greatest, then let him go do that and hurt the rest of his team. That's why I think Tom Brady still fits in the category of the greatest, greatest guy, greatest quarterback to ever play the game outside of Joe Montana. Because he's... He wants to win, and he's willing to take a pay cut and make sure that he can manage his team to get the rest of his team around him to fit. Right? Like it's to me, it was like the uh, uh, the late '90s Detroit Red Wings. If you, if you follow hockey or know hockey at all, um, this no. is a team that <laughs> built a crazy dynasty and had some of the best players in hockey all playing for well under what these guys were worth because they knew what they had and they were willing to take take that pay cut to play for a team they knew they were going to go to the Stanley Cup with. I feel like uh, I did watch a Moneyball movie about the whole athletics, so I get yep. I get the concept. <laughs> uh, yeah, that one was a bit different because they, they used analytics um, and they didn't take big name, big money players. They right, took, right, right, yeah. right? Yeah, so the, the, the concept is like, hey, look, I'm worth $100 million, but I'll play for you for 80 as long as you're able to get these guys on the team. And then we'll right, all get right. paid a good amount, but we'll say Warriors, I guess, or something, right? Yeah, like, I, I don't follow basketball, so I can't speak to that one like a heck of a lot. But it's kind of that concept. Let's get a bunch of really good guys together. We'll all make good money, not amazing money, not like record-setting money. But yeah, that's to me, that's kind of what the Tom Brady and in this case the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have done. They're all getting paid good money, not great money, but good money. But eventually, the Devil's going to come due. And guys are going to want to get paid a little bit more. All right. Well, hey, man, this this has been fun. We've been talking a lot. We've got a ton of content here we covered for everyone. So let's let's bring this thing to a close. I got one more thing I want to do with you real quick. Um, we've reviewed the NFC South. We've got the Saints, the Bucks, the Panthers, and the Falcons. I want to hear real quick from you. If you had to pick one quarterback to build your fantasy team around right now, one running back, one wide receiver, one tight end, and one flex play. Give me those five players. Who's your, right. who's your quarterback? So, redraft, you said, right? Just one season. One season. If you had to pick today uh, from these four teams, who would be your quarterback, your running back, your wide receiver, your tight end, and your flex? Yep. Um, so, quarterback or – Oh boy, I love Taysom Hill so much. Now we gotta go Tom Brady. I think he's the the safe choice, even though we had a little disagreement with top ten or top fifteen there. Yeah. Um, quarterback, I think we gotta go CMC. I mean, running back, oh, we gotta right. go CMC. Yeah. Uh, two wide. Nope. One wide receiver, one tight end. Oof. One wide receiver, one tight end, one. One flex. wide receiver. Ah uh, man. Um. All right, well, you know, diversify. I'll go Michael Thomas. Uh, I know I talked him down before, but 
how I don't like their spread so thin with Tampa Bay. So I'll go with Michael Thomas. Uh, okay. Yes, I get to, I get to make a. There's you can you can actually go Kyle Pitts because of the dearth of other tight ends. <laughs> uh, on the on, remember how we said Troutman's going to be a top fifteen before this because this yeah. is what the tight end landscape is like. And so I'll Kyle Pitts. I, uh, by the way, I just want to mention. I I really did think picking him as the first pick this year. Um, yeah, but yeah, I, I you know ended up uh, not going that way. Uh, but you know he's to, to be a ten year you know guy instead of a five year. So. I think he's a I think he's a solid ten year player. I think Kyle Pitts has a ten year career. He ends up hopefully. I'd love to see him end up where uh, Travis Kelsey is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But hey, Harris, he's gonna do it. Um, right. Najee. Uh, anyway, flex. Who's okay. your flex? Um, I would probably go with. Oh man, do I take the Tampa Bay guy or the the get that stack? I think we gotta go. I think we gotta go out. that's a sneaky flex flex. okay 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 well here's mine Uh, my quarterback's gonna be matt ryan my wide receiver is going to be calvin ridley cmc is my obvious choice for for running back i don't think there's any argument and i am gonna go uh kyle pitts as as Mm -hmm. my tight end which is crazy because i now have three atlanta falcons the team i projected to be last in their division (laughs) As as my as my starters, but my uh, garbage my, time. Yeah, my flex is actually going to be uh, Chris Godwin. That's who my flex is going to be. All right. Yeah. So I'm going to go for I'm going to go for the uh, the Falcons stack with <laughs> with Chris Godwin bringing up my flex. So, all right, man. Hey, it was a lot of fun having you on tonight. I know this one got uh, got a little long, but it was great. Hopefully, you guys enjoy it. Uh, anything you want to add before we uh, we duck out for the night, there, Ryan? Uh, yeah. State New York kids, and I totally missed the question when you first inter- <laughs> interviewed me the first time for introduction. Oh. So I'm not like a weird like private. You don't need to know anything about me. I just uh, never got there. So there's a little more about me. <laughs> okay, well we'll have to carry this conversation um, about your upstate New York because I spent some time work related up there. Uh, learned a little bit about the G-Men in my state. Uh, my state, the uh, the Syracuse Orange was inundated everywhere, and I flew into Corning, New York, or just outside of Corning, New York. Man, um, I thought I was flying into the middle of nowhere until I realized everyone lives under this giant canopy of trees. It was, it was wonderful. Mm. So, guys, uh, thank you for your time tonight. Enjoy the rest of your week, whatever you get up to. And from one poor man to another, if it ain't fun... It ain't worth doing. Good night, guys.